Hi, Shalom Aleichem, this is Nachum Zayint, and welcome to the second episode of the Jewish History Shmooze. <clears throat> it's been a long time, I was uh, supposed to come out with the episode in, much, in a much more consistent basis than the last time this came out, hopefully in the future we will have more planned, we shall have, hopefully as we said, three times in a month, maybe this time this will happen. Um, let's say like this, from now on it will be three times a month, so basically this will be, I was supposed to do ten in three months, around, so being that unfortunately this didn't happen, so let's say we start as a, a rerun, and this, this, today's episode will be one, like an extra, um, episode, like a bonus episode, um, which means, for instance, this is the next part which I want to talk about, which is that, you know, people ask me, it's taking so long, when I got to do a lot of work to collect certain things, and actually, this specific topic is something that takes a lot of effort, a lot of time, I got to put a lot of pieces of information together. <coughs> and in the end, what I'm actually doing is, in order to get this done, I'm actually only making a one piece out of it, a separate piece. It can come out smaller than one big massive episode, which I said would be about the conference, and specifically about the discussion of bonus, maybe Chadarim and Jewish education, if I get time, but that would have been, I want to do it right, it would be massively long, this is being split up in two, and what we're going to do here is, we're just going to clarify a few shit in the Kudus, a few separate Kudus, take them and clarify them, and it's going to be something on its own, um, but as, what am I trying to be honest, it's long, it takes a lot of effort, a lot of time, and in order for this to continue past these 10 episodes, I'll need to have sponsorships. These 10 episodes, I have a special sponsor. He's helping... Uh, anonymous sponsor, he's helping sponsor it. He's in, uh, already someone's uh, sponsoring part of another episode. Um, and this episode is a bonus episode because we didn't have such a long time and we have to make this consistent. So we want to show our listeners that we take this seriously. So it's going to be an extra bonus episode. So it's going to be 11, it's 11 episodes that will be happening. This is the second one, so there's another nine. And Be'ezid Hashem, there will be, if people will, I, but I, I just want this to be clear. Unfortunately, it shouldn't have taken this long, but it takes so long because a lot of effort, a lot of preparation. It cannot be done without sponsorships. I, I hope that this doesn't sound a little weird to say this many times, but I say this can come in fine. Um, so that's in regards to that. As I said, one can always reach out to me and contact me about different comments, questions, sources, all types of things at my email. Well, first of all, I actually have a WhatsApp group. Um, there's two WhatsApp groups. One, one is for announcements, but one of those oh, um, discussions. But reach out to me in general. Uh, well, it's attached to the show's notes, the, 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 the just general one for announcements attached to the show's notes, the, the WhatsApp link. And one can reach out to me at Jewish History Smooth at Nachum Zajak, jhistoryshmooze at gmail.com. Since it's very long, in the show's notes, we should um, have attached the email address. And in, in short, you have a question, anything, you can email me, and uh, also you can send me a WhatsApp. In, in that, if you're on the group, you'll see I'm the admin, so you'll see, be able to send me a WhatsApp. Many people have my WhatsApp, because full types of questions, I'm open for it. I always have all the time in the world, but we'll try. Now, I just want to discuss a few things. I want to clarify a few things. Instead, it takes a long time. It's very hard because there's a, this issue with this topic of the conference. There are multiple sources. Actually, I would like to mention in regards to the conference, I, I just picked a few things to talk about. But really, this, to speak about it properly, it could be a series on its own. I have to figure it out because you don't want to make a consistent series of 20 things one after another or even 10 things one after another. There should be other things to disperse. Fine, if someone wants to sponsor, but the idea is if someone wants to sponsor, we can have the conversation. I will figure out how to do it. But it, it could be a whole series because it's very, very long. So the topic itself is many, many things to, to read and to put together. Now, I want to clarify a general thing because it's a general thing whenever you want to um, uh, analyze piece of information you take it in, and you try to understand it, and you try to come up with a proper perspective. This could be in analyzing real information, real-time information, and how do you assess it? You know, for instance, take, you know, present day, you know, in Gaza, certain words. So they, they, they were given certain pieces of intelligence, intelligence right? Um, well, 
there's many stuff that they miss. But they, we're, we're given certain things, but the question is how you assessed it and how you analyzed it, how you understood the same piece of information, right? So all the time you have this question, how you, you have a certain piece of information in your hand, how do you assess it? But besides for that, there's different tools you have to assess a piece of information. As we said, we're smoothing about Jewish history. In general history, we smooth how you assess, how you t- what's the intake, how does the process work, and there's many different sources. So you can have newspaper reports, yeah? Well, 200 years ago, we didn't have so much the music of newspaper reports, but, you know, 100 years ago was much, much more stronger. The idea of having a newspaper report, and it gives a lot, and it's, it's in real time, you have descriptions. However, the problem is, newspaper reports are not always accurate. Imagine, I want to build up history today, 150 years from now, I want to build up history from today, I'm going to open up Chad Dechareidim, I open up Yeshiva World, I open up Matzib, and Labavitz websites, whatever it is, and from there I'm going to build up, you know, real, real, new, real news, you know, everybody knows. <clears throat> yeah, it's, um, <laughs> besides for the fact, newspapers are, number one, they're not accurate, sometimes they filter information from, you know, Kushel Kushushu Kedavi, I recently with some news, something happened in America, so you had uh, uh, Israeli websites translating certain uh, social media messages, and then an American website translated from Israel and, and, and went back to America, with was a Chorban, yeah? So, and besides for the fact that newspapers obviously have biases, they have letters. Letters also have biases, but sometimes it's it's it's, it's a fresh perspective. From, for, number one, he's fresh. Number two, he's He's involved in Indian. Now, there's two ways a person writes to letters. One way is you write to a friend. You write to him different details, but you know he's a friend, so he's not Pesach Indian. So you don't. He's not Pesach Indian. So you don't write write him the whole thing. Imagine you have two partners in a business writing to each other about details in the business. They're really going to write, you know, all the details. Yeah, it's their perspective how their business works from their side of the point of view, but. You're gonna have with all the details. So if you have two par- two parties within, within within two parties within the, the very um, involved in this very partial writing to each other, you're gonna have an internal, uh, a very fresh and good perspective. And you have Russian documents. Um, again, Russian documents have their minus and chaseris. You know, sometimes let's say the protocol of the meeting. Sometimes they're too short. And Bakit said, you don't say everything happened in the room. You have to know if you're for ice. You know, it's not always perfect. But it has a, it provides a lot of things at play. It's a lot of things at play that it provides. And also, you also have to have a proper legal background. Because if you don't have a legal background, a lot of times you're right. You know, whenever it's, you know, Eskahalton. Uh, you know, some people claim, so there is a minor, you know, you have what's called mikvanayis, and you have kushishi, kuvi, kushishi, kushishi, but if it's good, you know, it could be mevasu, right? So, you know, there's some people that claim, oh, I don't I never have kushishi, but then you do, because you have the report from, say, somebody was there, but I mean, they've heard it from his father, from someone else. Kits and it's, 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 um, it could be helpful, but it has to be, you know, taken with uh, a grain of salt. And so that's in general. So here we, we have all these things at our at our t- tips. Now I don't always have you know access to to the to the to the actual Kudishan information. I have a few letters and discussions and other stuff, but some newspapers I have. But really, I have secondhand, and I have different you know sources of material that provide for each one from a different perspective, and I have to you know put it together. Um, you have to disentangle everything. So, you know, it's, it's a parasha. I have to say that there's one of these books has a big push and put it together all the newspapers and a lot of interesting stuff, but not always does he understand properly, you know, the legal background that he doesn't have a lot of times archival material which has all these letters to each other. He has different letters, but he misses a lot and doesn't have the Russian protocols he certainly doesn't have. So anyway, so one of his places, you know, he has in, um, he has a note where he criticizes another, another chayke, this Chayke wrote about the Meir Atlas, he quoted him, Chayke, uh, a historian, you know, he, he quoted him, uh, he, he wrote, writes about him, Seifel by Eternia, Tadoxi, Meir Atlas, Mishapli. Okay, say that, it's a very fun. See, he writes, he's making fun of the brother of Meir Atlas, among uh, other, who had a Ksav Ace called Akerem, and kids um, so he, he asked, this, this newspaper never made it in, but this guy knows a lot about Russian documents, but he doesn't know anything, obviously, about the base medrash. Barushle Dorach, I'm with the base medrash. We'll hear that soon. We'll call Chaykim Shakaitzma, Yonim Rabbanim, Kedoyim, Shivar Etzel Begrei, base medrash, Vitarim, Yask, Rabuv, they're saying, okay, he has a good point. I just want to say that also, probably, 
that writer should sometimes be provided with people who understand the Russian protocol or, or, or etc. to have them help him out so he shouldn't make his type of mistakes. But okay, fine. I just be Messiah, you know, you know, someone wrote to the Rebbe once in the Bible uh, he wrote to Mangadar, he, 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 he found a clip, a newspaper clipping, of a certain detail in the conference. He, and he, he, a, a, a clipping that happened with Sasmaise quotes one of those things that said that the Rebbe said, how could it be? So the Rebbe says, it's not true, the Rebbe didn't say that, 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 And by the way, this other book quotes that thing as a matter of fact, because the newspaper said, the hand of the newspaper. But the Rebbe said, I want to tell you something. The meeting, the, the Sifra in Paterburg, had a very long protocol. There was an exact protocol, and and we have everything recorded in the protocol. So you have to check Does the protocol actually say this type of statement. So, uh, so uh, you know the Rebbe is saying, "What comes to me with this newspaper over here? We have the protocol. The Rebbe is coming in with the tools of history." So what do we discuss over here? So it's in general we, we, we maybe this is not only the gate. This is still smoothing about history because in general how to assess how to integral and how to take in everything in history and we already started discussing this issue over here okay so we, we're going to discuss this, as I said we can make a whole series of the conference I'm not going to do that what I'm going to do is I'm going to make a few clarifications which will be excellent explain certain parts of the last po- podcast it's also a certain part uh, I'm going to clarify a few things that people ask me or discuss with me when they get the last podcast. And sometimes it will be a backdrop for the next podcast, which will discuss certain specific problem about the conference. And then it's just in Yonamar, in the Mithyatsmi. There's going to be five things I want to discuss. One is when they get the music of the Rebbe Shab being a Kanoi and what does it mean. General, number two, the general setup of the conferences. Number three, the discussion of Milo, which we discussed in the last podcast, that they that that they didn't want to write down as a, for the sense that someone didn't have a Milo, the discussion of having a Hetel, Milagir, uh, Shabbos, Milagir people in the public schools, and number five, having a a, mass, a mode of media. Each one is in between. Those are the five things I want to discuss in this um, today's podcast. So, it's very important to know that Michal has two types of Kanoi, yeah? There is, um, you know, there's some people, they have Mechames Kharma, Novu Ein, Novu Ois, we're going at, we're, we're, we're going to be sharp as anything, we're fire, I'm just against you, I'm Chimindir Akagin, Garnish is good, that's one Eifin, fine. There's another Eifin, the idea is, I'm, I have a, a, a maximalistic approach. I never back down. And I don't even see a value in the last way. Meaning there's two in There's one in is that I go for the maximalistic approach because strategically, I think I can make it there. But besides that, I don't... Or, or forget, the other guy says, not only do I feel I can't make it there, I don't even value your approach till the end. There's, there's, there's two questions. How far do I value something? And even if I do value it, I'm a pragmatic person. I, I I don't know if I can get there. So some people they're um, um, they're maximalist. He values out of the self. He tries to go out of the self. He's not always pragmatic. Another thing is he takes strategic risks in order to attempt to obtain the most maximalistic results. So. You know, you try, you try to do the best to make it work the maximalistic way, even if it sometimes can end in the biggest failure. However, so there's no question that the Rebbe Shabbat can lay in the highest form possible in this maximalistic thing. However, however, it's important to say that that at the end of the day, it's not the Kanoi the first Eifin. For instance, you write with the Eifin and I can just show you there are such sharp letters of the Rebbe Shabbat about certain things. Then he writes, but we still have to worry about these 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 bones that are. Whatever certain things happen to them, so what do you say? We have to worry about these people that they're that unfortunately they're they're, they're I don't know they're they're kerper their their bones became I'm not translating properly but kids are disconnected. Parts of their body has been disconnected, and and they're not at fault. You have to have a chamanus in them, and he goes on and and 
And we see, you know, it's 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 just, you know, the practical method. The Rebbe Rashad sent Shluchim all over to neglected areas to help fix it. He sent Shemel of Batumar, he sent Chaim Noah, to all these different places. That real Kanaim, you're never going to see them do it. You know, the real Kanaim, I'm, I'm just going to, you know, First of all, the Rebbe Shav is apologizing, like for them, for for those people who reached a certain amount, and it's not their fault. And Adol Kanei will start saying, "Oh, it's not their fault." I don't know. Some of them will say that, but but I'll give you an example. Um, As I said, the idea that he sent Shulchan to all over these places um, to to help fix it, and and uh, also, you know, to mechadik these places, Karen don't do that. He also thinks practical things. You know, you know, the Rebbe Shabbos is very involved in publishing the first Haredi children's publication in Hebrew. It's called the Ach. You know, in in a place where Hebrew was not the first language, right? Um, now, now, obviously, so this, but because idea is, it's not just fire and vasen. It's it's a certain maximalistic approach. So obviously, when you're when you're in a certain tide, and then someone wants to switch the tide back, so you're going to go fight till the ending. And these very sharp trainers. What happens if it's fifty years later and you're against the tide? You want to change the tide. You want to bring it back to the first way, but you're against it. Your method is going to be different. Your shabbat is going to be different, but you're still going to try to reach. But your maximalist, your children are going to try to reach to the end, which is which is the Manash already. What I'm trying to bring out is that it could be that let's say the Rebbe may have used a different shabbat when he gave certain people than the Rebbe Rashab, but the, the approach where you try to reach is the same thing, which is why you know the Rabbeim demanded from us all the ages from Chassidim and Nefesh, and you know the Chassidim that finally came out from Mrs. Nefesh in Russia they wanted to settle in different places and the Rebbe sent them the Rebbe, the Rebbe Yat sent them to all types of new places to new Shachsen the Rebbe did the same thing because this idea this, this, it's a Kanoistic type of thing no so I, I'm just trying to bring out that the Rebbe Rashab was, was a real Kanoi but sometimes he was able to 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 compromise on a lower dagger, just to reach a certain higher dagger of kanois, which I'll explain soon uh, later on. Okay. Now, it, and it's also negated to understand later on, as I said, it's a backdrop for the next thing to understand the whole discussion about the rabbonus. Okay, so that's in regard to that. Now, I want to discuss again. It's it's a risk at the risk of repetition. I want to understand. I want to just give over again the whole discussion of. Of what we're ta- what what we're talking about and what this whole conference is about. Remember, it's it's clarify certain things of the last part and a backdrop for, for the next podcast. So, the, what's the matara here? What's the aim over here? What's the goal? We're trying to explore how you know you had different systems. You had the system of Allah and the system of the law and the land, and how they interacted with each other and how they clashed with each other and the certain effects of each other. Um, this we'll see in the way in the yonam that they discussed. At all the different conferences that led up to this rabbinic commission and the memoranda that came out, and all these things give us a, a good picture of the whole thing that was taking place. So that's number one, what we were trying to do, which we tried last time. Because as I, as I point out later, half of the things that they discussed in these memoranda or these things never made it to the conference that we'll discuss. But it gives us a certain picture. Okay, now I want to give a background to the actual thing. First of all, I want to bring out a certain point. And that's been a game something called Knesset Yisrael. I one time had a discussion with someone about Knesset Yisrael. He thought this was a good Yisrael. There's nothing to do with a good Yisrael. It could have been a forerunner of the idea of a good Yisrael, but there wasn't a good Yisrael. Now, on Knesset Yisrael, I can make a whole series of Knesset Yisrael. No problem. If someone wants to sponsor it, it's, again, it's very complicated, and I, I hope I get everything right, but this whole series, I'm not going to discuss it now, but I just want to get one Nekud over here. And the Nekud is like this. Knesset Yisrael was an idea... Chaim Oizer very much pushed it a year or two before we had this commission over here, where you had an organization that will unite all from Yidin uh, in Russia, in the Russian Empire, not a good which was a world organization, or the Fiat, you know, what they consider a world organization, 
And this was in Russia. It would unite the people that will will die that will be concerned both with all the ruchistic aspects of the flumigidin and with the gashmistic aspects of the flumigidin. And since they would concern themselves with the gashmistic, the material aspects of flumigidin, so they would be the central office. So flumigidin wouldn't need to come up to Askanim from non fluma places to be there in, in to intercede for them with the government officials. They wouldn't need to come to them, so they wouldn't need to look at them, and then they wouldn't need to, like they wouldn't have be able to have a spa on the Ruchistic of things, and they would be able to disassociate themselves and become independent. And that was the idea of the of Kassis' song. Um, the Rebbe Shab was not totally against it. Um, uh, he just, he had so many issues, he was not helpful, but, um, but he wasn't totally against it. He even tried speaking to, about the mindless of this Organization to get it with get it which I'll bring up soon. I'll discuss in a second. Anyways, but that was beforehand. I'm just mentioning this because it, it will pop up in a few places, and we just have to understand, you know, the sequence of events. Okay, fine. So we have this conference that's called by the inter- called by the Interior Ministry with actually a, a, with the Rabbinic Commission, which would have a conference to discuss different things and come with different, you know, suggestions. Uh, it, it was called by the Interior Ministry. I'm going to use Geisha dates. It was called in February 1908. It's fascinating because Rebbe Shab already knew about it. He's writing to Shmuel in January. He had inside sources about it. Um, it was called by 1908, asking Rabbanim to send their opinions. And the issue is, so who Rabbanim? Rabbanim to send their opinions, and they would have meetings, they would have conferences, they have maskanis, they have. And who were the people sending it in? State recognized rabbis. They were called Rabbanim Tam Hamshonger. They were state recognized. We'll have to get back to that in a second. And, and there were a number of rabbinic conferences. You had official protocols and memorandas. And, this, and then, then you had the conference in, in 1910. And he said, the government didn't let them even discuss in 1910 about half of the issues. They said these were the general laws, nothing to do with religious things. And they only let them talk about half of it, which was about 32 things. I don't remember exactly how many. 30 things that were subdivided in four categories. Fine. As we said, these Etsy memorandums explained in Yonam. Also, the governors would have their own comments and they would have their own memorandums. They wanted to counteract these memorandums and it gives them, them it gives that understanding. <coughs> okay, so now just want to explain a bit about these memorandums. So, um, So, oh, so so here here's the whole issue. So you have the as I said, Russia took over this massive area from from the Poland Lithuanian Commonwealth in the end of the seventeen hundreds. And with, I'm not gonna get about the whole thing, but after whole reorganization, etc., after eighteen fifteen you had fifteen or fourteen provinces called uh, fifteen provinces called uh, the Pale of Settlement, spanning thousands of miles from north to south, east to west, and they had this place called Kingdom of Poland, later called Congress Poland. It was it was. It, 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 it was later on. This kingdom of Poland became part of the Russian Empire. It didn't have its own independence, but at the end of the day, it ran in a manner in a manner that was a bit distinctive from the rest of the empire. The Poyamamish was Ketrafin is in the kingdom of Poland. The only legal requirement for the official recognition of Rabbanim, for to become a state rabbi, with just a minimal knowledge of the Russian language. We'll discuss more details in the next podcast, but just just this for now. So, the Pehamamish, all the regular, traditional, regular from the bottom, were also communal rabbis. Pale settlement, the state demanded to have much more secular education, and you had very few the bottom that were able to become also state rabbis. You had Medievsky, that was about to ask him for very close to Rabbi Shab, he was Rabbi Kharol. You had the Tzirosin Piramuki, he was a rabbi over there. He was very uh, he was both a state rabbi and and, uh, and uh, other type of rabbi, but they were called crown abonim, kaziosni abonim, and then you had they had the necessary educational qualifications and recognized by the states, and they performed duties which the state demanded from abonim for whatever reason, like keeping population records and 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 arranging also Jews in imperial institutions, and they were also for whatever reason they were. 
acted as a representative of the community to state authority, which is a very big problem because if you know you want to have Rabbanim, they should represent the community, they would become undercut by these other people. At the same time, communities would hire regular traditional Rabbanim to, to do regular, you know, Yiddish functions. To Paskin Shainers, to, to, to be done to the Torah. The whole, these were called the Chovni Rabbanim, whatever. A lot of them couldn't, couldn't speak a word of Russian. Okay. So, so, so you have a, so you have, here you have a mice, as I said before, you have the, the, the Russian government tells the state of Bonham to send you a memoranda. And, uh, so who's going to send a memoranda? So very easy. In Poland, the state of Bonham will send a memoranda. Um, every, you have in Poland different provinces, they had many asifas, and the Congress of Poland, they had one bigger asifa in Varsha. While in the Palin settlement, you know, they had a very hard time that their regular form of Bonham could send in their memoranda. So, it was a partial, it was not a partial. One big thing that did happen was that the Rebbe Rashab was able to obtain the source for, um, to make his own meeting in, in Vilna, where he, he picked sort of, with his Ascondum, he picked sort of the people who would be part of this, um, this Asifa. Now, some of the names changed, we'll discuss it in a second. So there you had Fulman Abonim, we were able to propose their things. Then you had the Sifa Vilna, they had their protocols, their memoranda. Then you had the Sifa in, in Vilna, in Petersburg. And that Sifa in Petersburg, you were, um, yeah, it was a separate way. There would be a series of its own justice, like how they actually got the different representatives to this Sifa. But that you had the Sifa's own, where uh, those weren't the state rabbis. We'll get them back to that soon. Anyways, so, um, so you had the Warsaw Conference, which were with the state of Bonham, and you had the Vilna, the Vilna Conference. Now, pe- people think, they have to get the Shus for it, but people think that, oh, every time you have the Bonham meeting together, you have to have the Shus. Look, there could be that you need, you know, when the more people get together, you need to have the Shus, but it wasn't, you know, the Russian government would have loved to be done everybody's back, but that only happened more the communist takeover. There's a few things that play. I just want to bring out that Ebed Ashab, he sent out a letter in Tishri time, right before the circus, right before Kippur. I already forgot, I think it's Gimel Tishri. It's about 20 of his Chashvah's gone. He says, I'm going to have a meeting at the end of Tishri to discuss what's going to be the Babja strategy going forward to deal with the Sasifa Rabbanim. And uh, please tell me if you're coming. And he sent a copy of this to all these Rabbanim. And he didn't have any special decisions to make the Sasifa. They got together. So, okay, there's a difference. There's a central location and, and this Chashvah Rabbanim from all over Russia. But there's more to it. Because when a conference, it's not a summer conference, it was a conference where they had, where they had protocol. It's a conference, we'll discuss that in a second, but the conference that had, the most important thing is that the conference is getting together to make legal decisions. To Let's say you would have a conference and you want to register yourself as an organization. And this organization has a certain purpose and has a certain bylaws and a certain, is, is there certain resolutions that needs to have a government resource. Now in America, you don't have, maybe you need a lawyer to make sure everything was proper, but no one would ever dream that you have government resource for that. In the Vilna conference, okay, it's, it, was, it, was, it was very important for many reasons. It, it, it could be they needed to have a resource to meet together, but, you know, here the idea was that they were, they were going to be sending memoranda to the coming of Sifa, even though they weren't state recognized at the bottom, right? So it's a whole different story. So I just want to point out that by this is Sifa in Vilna. This is again how people misunderstand some of the parts of the conference, and it's so important to understand proper history context. You know, um, the whole, the whole, the whole way this conference worked. It was Take. It was, um, it was, it, it ran with a certain procedure, something of big chiddush. There was, there was a certain agenda. Every day has a certain process with a certain agenda. What we're going to discuss today. There were a certain committees set up within each conference to set up how certain things would work. The way there was an official system of how they voted and something, there were official protocols. Um, you know, the Rebbe Sab and the Rebbe Yat were called Prati Kong. Um, yeah, not everybody agreed with each other, but they, they, got, to, they got together and then and they had a certain uh, arrive. And this was unique about this conference. 
And that's also obviously you need to do for it. Now the mice is that the Rebbe Shop was very involved in getting this conference going, and therefore some people who were originally invited were not interested in coming because they didn't want to be under the Rebbe Shop. They realized it, even if it was very important for them, it's including Blazer Gordon, the Tzvi'ish Rabbi Novich from Blazer Gordon of Tel Aviv, Tzvi'ish Rabbi Novich of Kovno of Nezid, Rabbi Novich of of Minsk, and some others. And there were other changes along the way from the original suggestion to how it went, but there were very harsh people there. There was Chaim Oizer was there, that David Kalnina was already an old man, but he was from the Chashim Sinabana at the time. And uh, Chaim, Paul Shapiro, the Chavitz Chaim was there. It's, it's not so clear his name was in the protocol, but yeah. Anyways, um. Yeah, before that, I just want to mention that there was also the Me'atlas of Shavu, was as we mentioned before, it was from the Chashat Tarabonim at the time. Then the Rabbi Tarabonim, Chashat Tarabonim, the David here, Shechain, from Chernigibir, we saw Yitzhak Yerlaf, from Lovach, from Karabachuk, the Biak of Motrich, the Spangle, from Poltava. The whole, um, I mean, there were others, but yeah, there were Chash Vaskarim, there were Shmuel Mechatrainen, yeah. Now, that was in regards to that. So then, now as I mentioned, the Rebbe Shabbat was involved in the process very early on, even before the government official announced about it. He was already busy dealing with all types of Karnas when edited, um, including if he would be there, who would be there. And now, the Maestro says, like, the Rebbe Rashab had a certain issue with some of the people, Zeli Strong at the time, involved. Um, in different Yonam Askanas, he, he wasn't sure if um, if they would go with his Mahalach and certain things. He wanted to set up relationships with other active Rebbes who were active in Yonam Kal, so they should be, you know, a partnership together. Because as I'll, I'll say soon, he believed in the idea, for instance, of Knesset So, which you have one central organization, a big central organization. So he wanted to set himself active with them, and they would also ally with him to help him achieve certain goals he wants to achieve in his different parts over here. Now, it didn't always work out with here the next podcast in regards to this Indian, but that would, the Rebbe Shab did do this. So for this Nikudde, he went to Marienbad in the summer of, of Tafresh uh, Samachas, 1908. He was in Marienbad. Why are you meeting in these places? So a lot of times, all these people are going on vacation. Like all these Rabbanim and Rebbe's were going to the outfication place to get to meet them, but also, you know, there's also another thing is that a lot of times a lot of people are not eyes and ears not to listen. You can have more private conversations. So the Rebbe Rashab at that time met up with the, with the Shemish Shmuel and the Imani Emes from Gen Shemish Shmuel from Sachachov to meet up and discuss with them how to many things for a younger Akal for the future. Shemish Shmuel was, you know, the Abnezer was still, you know, old, but Shemish Shmuel was not the Rebbe, but, you know, Abnezer was sick, he was a hero apparent. Later on, for the, for the, what would be the agenda for the Polish Rabbanim for, for, uh, for these meetings? So, you know, the Abnezer wrote a letter, who wrote it for him? The Shemish Shmuel, Abnezer signed it. You know, at the Warsaw Rabban, uh, conference, he was in Asiyah Kavit, the Shemish Shmuel, so we're talking about a very chashat. The Rebbe Shab had this meeting with them. And he describes this, you know, the number of meetings, a number of letters to the Fikab, and he des- describes these meetings. And I- I'm going to discuss some of the details of describing the meetings, because they're just very interesting to Kudas, besides the one to I'll for later. And I'm going to describe it in a second. Um, and I'll describe also the Rebbe description of the Shemesh Mul to see how he, how he looked at him. But... Anyways, the Nekudah of it is, at the same time, Fiki Rebbe was, was a communication with Alexander Rebbe, he met up with Chaim Oizen in his own place, and the Rebbe Rashab ended up having made up an upmach that in this Warsaw conference, the Rebbe Rashab had two of his people sent there, there was the Mendelchein and the Shmaiyongi Medallia, and or two Polish Rebbe's ended up by the Vilna conference, the Vilna conference was meant to be, you know, who cannot send their own letters because they're not the bottom of time and puts it there and the post rabbis have no meanings. They ended up there, which is again, I'll be at the Nibim and also his brother Mendel was there and then I did it. I'll discuss soon the Rebbe Shabbos letters of Fikir Rebbe about his conversation with Emil Emerson and Shem Shmuel. Let's say then you had the Petapur conference. Um, 
which had a certain a small a small a small conference, which discussed certain matters. And you had a larger conference, which, which was another, which was forty two members. Again, who were the members of the seven member conference? I just want to bring out there were six in Abanim, and then there was one lawyer. He was the head of it. Who was the six in Abanim? Again, I'm just to get the names again over here. Um, yeah. So the Yosef Reish was of the Chabri of the Vada Rabbanis. He was the Kinesi Yehudim. It was a Yidecha Vada Rabbanis. But before the Kinesi Yehudim, he had the Yehudim Leib Moshe Tzirasun, of Chaim Oizek, Yedrinsky, Rav Vilna, Rav Mendel Chain, from Hivit, from the Ezrin. Then you had this lawyer, Moshe Mazar, from Kiev. You had Rav Chaim. You had Shmuel Ponginkovsky from Odessa, the Rebbe Rashab. And then, unfortunately, you had this member, this Nitzik, this Chacha from the Manashana, from the head of, from the, from the ministry, uh, the, the division of, of religion from the Ministry of Interior. Separately, you had this other, um, uh, you called the, the Kinsey Hodim, that had from the Tchum Moshe, from the Pelna Settlement, you had from Basarabia, Giradna, Vongen, Vitebsk, Vilna, Kherson, um, uh, from Crimea, Chernigov, Yekaterinslav, Vigilov, Minsk, Podolia, Poltava, and, and Kovna. You had two from each places. You had from the big cities, Odessa, Moscow, Patrick, and Kiev. And then you had five people from, from Congress Poland. Okay, so what are some of the names? Some of them, I don't, I'm running out of time. just want to discuss a few of the names. Um, um, so let's say, as we mentioned, so you had Reb Chanech Egis. You had Baron David Ginsburg. He was the Yoyitz Medina, Yeshev Reish. He was you know, not from, you know, the Jewish names, but you had, you know, Ursameach, you had Sakhov uh, Rebbe, Rebbe Yisif Halpern from Odessa, also very close to Rebbe Shabi. Um you had, I believe, um, you had the Dibba Makiel, you had the Latin Rebbe, Rebbe Yisif Moshe, Medevsky, Shmayong, Medalia, you had the famous rabbi from, from Moscow, where, on the back of Maza, um Elia Feinstrom for Pujan, the grandfather of 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 Rabbi Yosef Ben Salvechik, besides Rabbi Chaim, with other grandson grandfather. Rabbi Lezer Rabbanovitz, he got it was there from Minsk. Rabbi Itzler Rabbanovitz from Panovitz was there. The Babreski Lebe was there. Okay, so. Then you had something to say. The Rebbe Rashad was outnumbered by a good number of things he wanted to bring up by the by the kinos. So what happens? You have these resolutions, right? You have two things. You have the minutes of the meeting. You have these resolutions, right? Now what happens with the resolutions? It just says the Dasarayv. It doesn't say the Dasamir. So you're not going to know what the Rebbe Rashad wants to say. So what did Rebbe Rashad do? He published something called the Cheshvan Katzer, which was not the He published in a whole bunch of newspapers in, uh, in Amidia and, uh, and the Palace and some other newspapers to bring out his point of view his um, to, like like what the, and, he, and he says sometimes he was from the Miut but the different Mahalchim um, and Sugaigin had to deal with a lot of the issues at hand. So okay, so that's in regards to that. Um, now I, I I want to discuss that conversation, but before that, I want to discuss one more thing. And at the same time, right before, while discussing this conference, there was another conference that took took place. I don't want to discuss about it because it's it's not it's it's not you know it's it's a, it could be a discussion on its own a, a, a podcast or two on its own but there was a conference that took place in Kovna at that time. Um, it was it was very damaging and the the, the Flemish weren't interested in it but it, but it, it happened and later on it would come up at Asifa in November nineteen o nine it was in Kovna and Asifa of many different representatives. Of the Kihinlis, uh, of they were like flyid and like liberals, as they were called, and to discuss what's going to be the future of the Yiddish Kihinla, and um, and they obviously had their own conclusions, not exactly the conclusions that were you know Flemidim would want. Um, they wanted to make certain changes for their purposes. So I, it's just important to note this because this later on c- c- comes up at the Sifra Pet. We might discuss. We might discuss it in the next podcast. Now I'm going to discuss this conversation with the, Re- the Rebbe Rashab giving over his conversation 
to the Pirkei Rebbe. I don't want to discuss all the different things. I just, it's a Rebbe, it's a Rebbe, yes, I just want to discuss a few a few highlights that are just of interest. There's one thing I'm going to discuss a little later. How to discuss, you know, it, it, it was like a, a short conversation that he asked him, uh, the, the Minyamis asked him what's the matzav in his, you know, principality, what was Tzitzch for, dirt and the novel, the Frunkite, and, you know, the Rebbe Rashad discusses the issues at hand and how he feels that people have to learn, you know, Toyed Afkei not just at home. Okay, fine, they discuss a number of matters. Um, he discusses, you know, yeah. But anyways, we discussed this when we discussed the Knesset of Yisrael before. Um, now, he, he, he discussed it as a Gedder Rebbe didn't like it because he didn't like the fact that some of the people involved in Knesset Yisrael might be people they were considered they weren't, they weren't, no, and they're dagging the Shkafa wise. And the Rebbe Shab was saying you shouldn't push it away so quickly because some of the stuff that people want to put it together are from the Yudeim and maybe we'll be able to work together. Um, also, it's impossible to go against the whole world. So uh, we have to make it a sifa to see if we can go together with them. You see, it's, 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 the Rebbe Shab had his issues, but this is his conversation with the Gad Rebbe. So he's and later on, the Rebbe Shab completely broke away. But, but and later on, the Gad Rebbe went together with with Agudas Yisrael. But it's just an interesting perspective how it turned out. Now we'll go weiter. Um the Gadab also had another issue. He felt that they were like too much mispassion. The Yiddishkeit will discuss soon. And uh, <laughs> now the, the Sacha Chavar wrote, said that, you know, we can do it. We can make two agudas, you know. There's, uh, they want to make the Knesset so we'll have two agudas. We won't have a connection with them. We need to have agudas. We'll make it. It happened. It happened. Yeah, it happened. But many years later. Originally, they just wanted to be together, but later on, they simply separated, but for other reasons, okay, or he caused them to separate, but not because of too much Yishmael, but, uh, you know, other political reasons. I just find it very interesting, the, the historical discussions. Fascinating. Um, <laughs> um, what else? Um, the Rebbe also says over there, he says that... Uh, Discusses another letter. It's important to to come together with the Yonim of Poyngan, because it's true that Poyngan and Russia have two different Yonim and two different things that they have to work on. But it's important you come in one group. You'll be able to each one will be able to help the other Medina. There's also another part where you know, where the Rebbe Shab was asked, you know, what's what's the whole Ustu of the Sagudah? What what is the purpose accomplishing? So he said, I explained to him, for instance, but he gave in different places. Very hard for one individual to set up a cheder the way to visit that. But you have a central office and a central committee and a central group and a central organization. So that that way you can accomplish much more. Very interesting. That the Rebbe is asking about it, or the Sachachav Rebbe is asking about it, and the Rebbe Shav is explaining. The Rebbe Shav back down. I, I forgot to mention when the Sachachav Rebbe said that we'll have two agudas. So the Gedet Rebbe said, "What well, I think about it." He said, "Yeah, that's a good idea. It, it, it means a good idea." It's a good idea not to break off. But he's saying it's a good idea that if, if we're not part of the regular good, at least we should have something. You know. Just one more thing. He, the, he writes about about the, about the Sakha Chava. The, the Rebbe Shabbat writes, Rebbe, it's important to have him involved. Now, you can say, you know, what's the big deal? You know, Shemesh, well, he, was, he was, you know, the Rebbe Shab was, you know, didn't have connection with them. He was in a different area, and just, and then the, Abinaz was still the, you know, the leader. But it just shows you this the role that the Shemesh Mung had at the time and the pressure he made in the Rebbe Shab. Um, okay, so that's in the gear to that. Now we have to go to the to the next thing on him. three we're gonna we're gonna clarify, as we said, the Yonim of Mila, the Yonim of, of education and Shabbos, going to post on Shabbos, and then the media mice, and we'll finish with that. <laughs> so, so the first thing I want to discuss over here is the discussion about Mila because I said certain things in the last time and and I discussed with people and it seemed like there's a, you know some people have a different version of events now I know there's a different version of events and that's why I said I wanted to bring it up to, to clarify the real version <coughs> 
So, you know, the Rebbe of Sarbonin is Cheshvan Kotzer, that there's Chedushi Chiruki Deis, regards to the question of Milo, a father doesn't want him um, give a principle to the son for whatever, for no good reason, should he be mentioned in the census things, and there were three sheetas, a few people said, does it matter, we should put them in the census, five people said we should ask the, 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 the interior minister, and everybody else said that no, we should not put them in. And that was the, the, the resolution that we do not put them in the census. Right after, this is the, what it says in Chashmim Katsar, so was the Rebbe Shah making this up? I don't know. But uh, basically, um, so this other person says, no, the other Rebbanim held differently. They said, you have to put them in, you have to write them down. And Chaim said, you have to write them down. And what are you, we have been proofs, they've been proofs from all these interviews from these newspapers, from people that, that, uh, this and that. And you read, you read the interview with Chaim. So let's see, we want to ask Chaim a question. Um, that interest, that's a very, from newspaper, really kids by Yiddishkeit, and they really don't want Chafashom to have anything to do with, you know, against, no bias against, you know, people like the Rebbe Asab. So let's ask him, Chaim. Question that interests thousands of Yiddin, that hurts him, that, 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 that really pains thousands of Yiddin, fathers and mothers. I, 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 I know many of these fathers and mothers that, that the words, of the Rebbe Shab that he said uh, certain things it partially hurts him. Anyways, and then he goes right there and then he says, he, he discusses certain words of the Rebbe Shab that we said before that uh, the Rebbe says, you know, but then he goes right there. Now, what do we do as it? What's the din? Of uh, of a child who's not who doesn't have a circumcision is it can we call him a, a yid? So um, so Chaim answers to call me yid. I already told you it's no shayla. Any person who's born into a yid is a yid, and we can't take such a person. The get the millets. It's a it's chasha mitzvah. Uh, like uh, it's terrible mitzvah, whatever. But is he yid? Of course, he's a yid. Can you get married to him? Of course, it's mutter to marry him. So this means that if you have to write him down as a yid. So Chaim said, uh, "Why not?" Um, he says, "So, so why are we saying that by the that uh, by the Vidus Rabbanim they said not to not to not to write down that he was a yid?" I don't know what Chaim says. Maybe there's other reasons. I just answer you, Apidin. Uh, think for a second. So this is a proof that Chaim was against it. Yeah, was it Chaim one of those three or five Rabbanim or five? Not remember, remember the thing that the three or, or the five those p- five people said to leave it to the interior minister or the three people. Remember, we had a whole bunch of these people were fly people in Ganson. So Chaim was one of those. He had seven now, seven fly people, and 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 and, 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 and does it make sense to you? Chaim was one of the other people. You have to. Was Chaim was pushing the mute? What's going on up here? This doesn't make sense. Then he brings over here after he brings this 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 thing. He brings you know he never brings kushisha, but this book who brings this this interview brings from a conversation of a grandson of Chaim a whole story. I'm not going to get involved with the details, but a very similar thing over here. Where basically if you ha- if you have this uh, that. Uh, there's an auto yeah auto lasati kachim and tumah but. He's still, uh, he has Kedusha Yisrael, so, uh, maybe if he didn't, if he grows up, he didn't have Minu Yitzchayv Kalit V'chumu, but, uh, but he's a Yid V'chumu, it brings this whole story. I don't know where he got the story from, this, Rabbi Yosha, but, but it doesn't, it doesn't fly. And the interview is Nishkenai, because, Besides the fact you have to assume that the interview is, is quoting him accurately, you see the, you see the Chaim is, you know, uh, Chaim said, I, I, I don't, I, I don't know what to tell you. Maybe he had other reasons. I'm just answering you the question. You asked me a question, so I'm answering you. So, I already explained to you, he said, he asked him a question. If a guy had a blissmill, did not have a blissmill as a yes, he said, yeah, he's a yes. He said, why did they say not to count them into the sentence? And Chaim says, maybe they had other reasons. I just answered you the question that you asked me. Up, he didn't say it is a yid. So, I'll soon explain. Chaim, who said Chaim was against the Rebbe Nashab? Did the Rebbe Nashab ever say that you're not a yid? Was that the reason? See, you have to understand context. You have to understand the legal framework. We'll get back to this. Second. I'm going to reframe things. I'm going to see that there's no, there's no difference over here. 
Now, let's go to the place of Rabbanovin. She goes in the... He, he, so he asks, what do you say about this big rash, this big tumult of the words of the Rebbe Which words? Remember, the place of Rebbe was not a chassid. He had a, a son of a very big chassid, man, Luguskin, uh, but say that we're not going to get involved in him. He says, which words? He says that a uh, yid doesn't put a tzvul on a yid. Which we said before. He says, I never heard this in the place of Rebbe And I don't know how you can say it. Okay, so he said, now, now we have, he, did, he didn't hear this. Okay, fine. They go on, Vitin. Okay, go on. Then, what's the din of a, of a, of a kid who, d- who doesn't have a meal? I say, yes, of course, uh, what's nothing to talk about? Uh, of course, he said, is a yid. And the blazer says, every yid to, 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 to have a meal, but to force them, and not to put it in the census, so then that's awesome. So now here you have over here, this is Takastin. So but again, you have to assume that the newspaper is correct, and you also have to assume that, um, that now you have the Blazer Rabbinovich together, Chaim, they're from the eight people now, the Chum. So here's the story, here's the story, you have to understand this context, and then without this context, we don't fly, it doesn't get off the floor. First of all, I have to understand that we have memoranda, right? The idea not to register in the census kids who didn't have a meal or didn't start with the Rebbe Shah, okay? Started the memoranda from the bottom of time. Many of them weren't even from. Some of them were Amarat and Gemurim. It was their job to register people who were... Uh, who were who who had a mila and they were the ones that suggested it. So that's number one. Number two is and remember I said that there was a, a committee of before this committee of forty two kinesis yehudim. You had a vidus at the bottom seven people. Six out of seven all said peachas. We know this for a fact. Said that you, that you should not count the people who don't have a mila. Should not count them in the census, right? We read the names. There's a mendel chain. There's a mendel chain. There's a rebbe Shab. And it was um, where, where did I have before the names? There was the Rebbeinu Chayim and Rebbeinu Shab. These were, you know, these were the Abavshes. But you had Nag Abavshes, Chaim, Shmuel Pukovsky, Chaim Oizer, and you heard the name Tzirusin was not part of the Rebbeinu Shab. They went peachot. We know they went against this this guy, um, the lawyer, they said you should not count them in. So first of all, we know about this. And obviously, I don't, we don't always know who voted in the general, in the general, in the general, um, but we know that they went, they voted for this. So it's not that happened a shot. Now what's the shot in the newspaper over here? So the newspaper with the, with, with, with the place, I don't need to take seriously, and we'll get to that soon. But Chaim, it's Pashat, because... He said, I had a different reason. It's nothing to do with calling a person a yid or not. It's the same reason I bought him a tam. The idea of not counting a guy in is not because we don't consider him a yid, like the Yasha Bar Boston, the Yasha Bar Salvatric from what you said. Nothing to do with that. It was a technical mechanism to force them to have a meal. Now, they were coming and claiming, they, they were coming to claim that, you know, our job, our legal job is to, is to, is to register, um, Register mila, not births. Now the liberals were saying, "Well, we have no other way to register a person who was born, so you have to register births." So you have to. That was a legal argument, but what they were really trying to do, they were trying to f- use a, a legal mechanism to force a mila, but they weren't saying someone's a yid and not. And that's what Chaim said. I had other reasons not to say it wasn't a yid. The conclusion of it is that it's totally misunderstanding a lot of context and a lot of things. Um, let me just see. Okay, so that's in regards to that plot. I just wanted to clarify that. But I think, one minute. 
so I, so I just want to go right there. Obviously, the Blazer Rabinovich was from, just like we had these six Rabbonim, that, uh, just like the Rabbonim Mitam, the Friday Rabbonim Mitam, and the Manat Shil Rabbonim Mitam, the six Rabbonim from the Venus Rabbonim said that you shouldn't count them in. Obviously, the Blazer Rabinovich also said you shouldn't count them in. And whatever, it could be for the newspaper, he was you know, playing the game, or the newspaper was inaccurate. I don't know, but it's important to understand this type of thing, that when the Rebbe Shach says a Cheshman that most people said against it, it was probably correct. Um, you know, it was very clear, there are two different gangs over here, Bechal. Um, obviously, they were arguing about the legal mechanism, but obviously it wasn't that, you know. The Rebbe the Fumar wanted to stop this idea of people not having Mila. And if you don't count them at the census, maybe it's a way to stop them. So we're going to use legal mechanisms to force them to, you know, not to do something that they don't consider acceptable. Um, especially, this is, especially at that time, this was considered one of the extreme um, uh, signs of that you were mamish from the from the Nish Yid and acting very different than, than a regular Yid. Now, where Mazor was for Kent, he said, what's going on over here? You know, there's no Tfisus Mokim to Yanam of Religion that you can come and, you know, that should replace my personal decisions. So that's the first thing. Now I want to discuss the next issue, which is issue of, of education. So I want to explain, there were, there were, there were three, there's three things over here. Um, the, the, there's a lot to discuss over here, but I'm just going to discuss it in short. And this is where I discussed that ever Shabbos Kanoi, a Kanoi, but not, you know, you, you know, it wasn't Kanoi like, as we'll see, the character type of Kanoi, we'll discuss in a second. I just want to quote this meeting over here that the Rebbe Shab writes to the Freak Rebbe between the, 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 Basically, we'll discuss, okay, we'll discuss this in a second. So basically, there were three sheets. One sheet is, here, here's the famous discussion, yeah? When you come to America, yeah, the advice, he's in Chicago, and he realizes we have a big problem, everybody's frying out. So he discusses some of the reasons why people are frying out. Three of the, he just doesn't discuss the issue of lack of talent, but we won't go over there. So three of the reasons he discusses have to do with public schools, kids going to public schools, with Shabbos, with boys and girls, and learning secular studies, with, in learning a Jewish environment, Learning a Shabbos, learning boys and girls in a Jewish environment, yeah. So, so the mice is not learning Torah. So the mice is a there were a lot of people going to public schools. And this was leading to the the that many, many people the next day they were flying out. And not only they were flying out, they're making their friends fly out. Now going to public school is a terrible thing. But even worse is going to public school on Shabbos. Why? So first thing is you write in Shabbos and Mechal Shabbos. Now if you're Mechal Shabbos, so the Mechal called Tedakulim, besides from Shabbos being one of the most important mitzvahs, obviously very hard to keep other parts of Torah when you're Mechal Shabbos. And again, you're Mashmi and your friends. But more so is, you also, even if one second you don't write in Shabbos, you, you don't have the whole Ruach of Shabbos you. You know, they discuss a guy, a, a, a child has to be with his father on Shabbos, and the Ruach, his father brings him up in a certain type of environment, a Kedushtik environment, a Shabbatic environment, a Chum. So Lama Zag in the whole week, you're ending up in, in, in this Goyish environment. But Shabbos Zag, the Chazayin Andish, there's three Dagis. One day is to get the shush not to write on Shabbos, not to be on Shabbos. Another day is not to be in school on Shabbos. Another day is not to go to, not to, go to school on And maybe, maybe we shouldn't discuss asking the government for a hetel, because if you ask the government for a hetel, so uh, then in the end, what's going to end up happening is, If you ask the government for a hat, so then, so then people, if they get a hat, then they'll continue going to, to school, and we absolutely don't want them to go to school. Here again, if you read certain places, you might get the impression that every shop was just, was just against the Khan asking for a hat, and, and, and nothing more than that.
Not clear. He says, but but he does say in the end, in one of his reports, he just says. That uh, that the third day of one, and they were going to ask, what's the third day? It's in between there. That what? We're going to ask the Memsonga, this was the Vilna conference. We're going to ask, the resolution was, they're going to ask, the mem- send the memoranda. And I asked the government of Swiss to let the kids go released from Shabbos, not to be in public school. All day Shabbos Yom Tov. Part of the Cheshbon is that the government would agree because for many different religious holidays were coming out of Shabbos Yom Tov and only be a few days that would be off that the public school would be on and, and the Yidim would would be taking off. So they would agree. But, so, but this was like a third day not that I better shot. But, but we know it's not the case from other documents and we have a letter from the Babreska and to, to, to the Mutual Ape Chirson. The Ebed Shab was originally the one who put, put, who brought up the idea, it, it may be true, and we have some sources of this, that the Rebbe Shabbat didn't want them to, to go to public school, and therefore he shouldn't discuss it, but when the push came to Shabbat, he realized it wouldn't fly, so he, instead he just pushed that they should ask that they shouldn't go to public school on Shabbat, and that just to get ahead to it, only like Chaim Moisev, who grabbed Said that such a problem came up maybe uh, thirty years ago, but now he and he said that at that time I felt that um, it shouldn't go bechal, uh, it shouldn't we shouldn't even mention get ahead that it shouldn't go. But now the math has changed, and uh, and everybody's going anyway. So you might as well ask them to have the hat that they ever Shabbos piled that no, that you should you should ask for hat not to bechal to go to public school on Shabbos. I even point out so much so. That in the protocols, the official protocols of the of the minutes of the of the sefer doesn't even bring up the first option, the most extreme option, not to ask the shus. Now I, I believe it was brought up, but what you see from these protocols, you learn from these protocols is that it just brings two options, and, and and it shows you what was the main ideas brought up. And as you have this letter from the from the and you have and you have other sources, we have this letter from the Briska to the, the Silson that the Rebbe is one of the Mashpia, and we have other sources. That you should go for this idea of asking your source, but asking your source for Shabbos and 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 not ignoring the issue. And that's why I brought up the Gedel Rebbe that he said that he has a problem being together with with these with these other people with Knesset Yisrael because they're ready to have a halva yid that goes to that they go to public school on Shabbos. But you just get the system to write. Now, I just want to say that self self the but the Gadot Rebbe, when he was there by the Sifrei, made it his business to do two things when he was involved. First of all, he made it his business to meet with Chaim Moiser. It could be it's the first time he met him, I think. And yet, he, he later on, they had a very good relationship. Derech HaGat Fikrev also, but he also had a good relationship with Chaim Moiser, and it seems like later on, the the Imri Yemes did make a lot of shodas, and again, good to see so after World War One. I don't want to get into, including with the Chayyim schools and the Masifteh and Wurzah and other types of things. Um, but you should know, um, one of the things that he had to visit the Yemenemis is the Chashun Library. We know that the Yemenemis had a massive library in his own and the massive biblical files. That's very important to him. And that's one thing I want to discuss. Now, the last thing I want to discuss is I want to discuss the notion of the protocol. Um, about making media, someone asked me about it. I want to clarify it because it's very interesting. Just to think about it. Um, okay. um, Russian is calling on the suffering. Everybody here together all have the agreement. They put this in the protocol. It's something they wanted to tell the Russian government. This was their own personal thing. That there's such an important thing that you have to uh, establish uh, material, um, reading material, and, and and media, and 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 uh, a whole. Um, uh, to have literature, reading material. Status, 
So we should have literature, reading material, that the Matara is the purposes to strengthen the Ruach of Das between in the streets, the pe- in the streets by the regular people to, and to be mashbi on them. And for this Tachlus, it's so important to set up, to establish newspapers and to print publications and books and pamphlets and, and that should be things that the people like. As what? As a das for kol However, since the do such a thing to establish such a type of material and such type of publications, it costs a lot of money. And you need to have a certain moisture that takes upon itself with an, with intensi- with with a certain intensity and certain tzugetzvakenkeit uh, that should be um, involved in running this purpose. So we don't have such a moisid. So um, so Bikita, when we have this uh, talking before, this I said about Knesset Yisrael, that was uh, something that came up in this meeting. Um, so this Knesset, when you have an aguda, with this aguda's matara is to strengthen Yiddishkeit and to strengthen that, they should also take upon themselves that they should get special permission from the when they get permission to, to register as an organization, so to make sure that this should be part of their part of their um, charter and part of their mission and part of their purpose is to specifically publish publications, books, pamphlets, literature, newspapers, and all these type of things that entails. It's very interesting. I just wanted to read this thing over here. I'm going to read it again in Hebrew. Just to give us a picture of flavor, this was the thing that the Chavetz Chaim, the Chaim Oizid, the Gedalei Rebbe, the Rebbe Rashab, the Chaim, Paul Shapiro, this was something very important for them. It's not a new thing. It's this is already a decision. It is actually another way. I read it status um, which means I, I, but it could be read status, whatever. Okay. Cholifin. Which means basically, the kids said, the way the standard is to inhabitants, the Yiddish inhabitants, the Am, and Ashpi, and Beruch, Zang, and Tachis, Zois. Nochot, Liyasid. Then he goes on, the rest of it, which is the issue that in order to, to run such an operation, you need to have a serious organization behind it. And that's the purpose of founding an organization like Kassisong or Kutasisong, whatever it is, the charter and purpose and mission of this thing is to publish those publications. Okay. Okay, we spoke a lot. This was always supposed to be a small thing, and you know, the truth is, by making this small thing and cutting it in two, I can actually do the next one separately and somehow be able to accomplish that in the next week or two. I said three for a month. So, thank you very much for everybody for listening. The next one will hopefully be talking about the, the discussions about uh, the Rabbanus, maybe Chadarim, and you can reach out to me at this email I mentioned. You can leave it by WhatsApp, or the email I mentioned will be in the show's notes. Um, J Jewish history. The, sorry, Nachum Zajak J History Schmooze at Gmail. Account very long, so be in the show's notes at WhatsApp, and and uh, yeah, and I hope you enjoyed, and hopefully come back for the next one and tell your friends about it. Got to mention that it's very important to rate, review, and and to speak about it to people. That's another way that in order to strengthen this podcast, if you want to hope it exists further on.